0: listenership that's a big deal so it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast all you have to do is download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today when you guys first started because you guys were also doing the jabberwocky faceless mask thing were there a lot of comparisons to that crew and like how did it make you guys feel when you guys were trying to do your own thing and they were comparing you to somebody else
1: yeah um I have a, I have a totally unique relationship with that. Yeah. I, that's a great question. Cause uh, I feel like a lot of people on interwebs like to like do their thing. And uh, personally, I don't really care too much. People do what they do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and you experience what you experience. But for me, I have a really unique relationship because like, if none of my guys in the crew were ever a part of that organization, sure. It'd be like, Oh man, we're trying to do our thing. Right. But like, in my crew there's in five
0: four three two one hola everybody we have a very very special guest we have the very kinja himself anthony motherfucking lee do i do people look to camera do people do that you do whatever the fuck you want this is a podcast jacket (laughs) i want to
1: cross-eyed so i can like see both y'all i haven't seen
0: you in fucking forever it's
1: been a long time, man. It's because, uh, you know, uh, one, I was gone forever, so I wasn't doing JK. And by the time I came back this year, AK couldn't do anything but things like JK. Yeah, bring you
0: the a to you? you. were already gone. Yeah, What you... Well, that's right. I stopped doing JK News. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, that was like the most regular that I would see you. Yeah. And then I was always sporadic because I was always out traveling or going to China and whatnot.
0: Oh, that's why you're, uh, because you guys have the uh you guys have a studio out there right or you have multiple studios out yeah there. we
1: got three studios out in china um everything got shut down during covid by the way uh and now we're Fuck. back yeah they're they're open now but they're like 20 percent capacity so you know things are a little bit tough but other than that you know uh because i couldn't travel anymore so i was at home so i finally hit up like you know barton just like yo <laughs> I'm actually here. Maybe I should, like, come through more more often. Mm-hmm. So that's why I've been actually regularly doing JK News now. Let's but go. then you've been gone.
0: Yeah, I haven't been back. Uh, I stopped doing JK News probably, it's been almost two years now. Yeah. yeah. So I, I stopped doing JK News. Like, that platform, uh, it, it was, like, a weird spot for me because I think we've been, I've been doing it for so long. We do it for, like, 10 years, you know? And it's not my company. So yeah. at, at the end of the day, for me, it was, like... I wanted to do other things. And they you know, they already knew that. But it was a weird time for me to leave the company because there was nobody to fill my space. So there was like a good cast chemistry that we had. And then when uh, Steve started coming in, that's when I was like, oh, I actually have an out. You mean a big dude. Yeah. A big dude who was like going to
1: say whatever the fuck he wanted. Exactly. There's yeah.
0: somebody that needs to be there and, uh, there was times that I would leave to do projects, whether I was on a show and I would be gone like a month at a time, maybe two, three weeks at a time. And, you know, like Tiff would text me she goes, Hey, like, we really need you back. Like the chemistry a little off. So I would come back and, you know, the show was real fun. Um, but at the end of the day, I wanted to do other things. You provide great chemistry on there, man. It's always fun to dance with you because you
1: always give us something to talk about.
0: Yeah, I think that's what we needed that one person for, yeah. you know, but then after I left, I think it's true. Once once you leave, people have to adjust. So they, they adjusted perfectly fine and Steve does a fucking great job. So uh, I decided to leave and then uh, it was kind of weird for me because I had to figure out what my next step was. Because when you do stuff consistently, it just becomes, you know, very comfortable. Yeah. And so you get, you get, really set into this comfort and then you're like okay you're not thinking about next moves because what you have makes money it's fun you're hanging out with your friends all day but then after a while because you're so content in that you don't really think about your next steps so i was like okay if i cut this out i have to think about my next steps and so did the podcast that's fucking good cheers right here man cheers dude that's what it is what man. You going at it? i feel that you fill that cup again
1: can you fill me up fuck i'm i'm all getting warm I'm
0: gonna it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about you though man fuck me dude We can make that happen, too. But um, so for you, I mean, obviously, you're a dancer, but I I don't think I've ever gotten to know you in the sense of how you started in dance, where you start, where you grew up or anything like that. So let's let's start from the the bare bones, because I think people do want to get to know you. Number one, how did you even get into dancing in the first place?
1: Oh, man. Okay, I got my cliche answer, and then I'll go into like the details that might be juicy and fun mm-hmm. for conversation. Because I feel like I've gone over the story many times, but in many different platforms. Yeah, you do this in like a college seminar, then you do this on like an online talk show, and then you get into a podcast where you know that the person that you're talking to don't really give a fuck about just like regular <laughs> shit, so you can kind of say like real, real shit. So I'm gonna embrace that uh, unique portal. One, Michael Jackson, easy. Saw that shit on TV. This fool is fucking crazy. He's doing the illest things known to man. All you want to do is try to emulate him. His music's sick. Easy peasy. But at the time, in my high school, if you were to dance, like, it was kind of gay, right? <laughs> yeah. That's definitely. literally, that was literally the mentality. I remember uh, the dance production at Sunny Hills High School. Shout out, Sunny Hills. And there was all these chicks that were in the dance production, and there was one dude. This so one dude was very, I'm not going to judge him, but he was very flamboyant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So naturally from a high school dumbass ignorant perspective, you're like, "Damn, I kinda want to dance, but if I do, everybody's gonna think I'm gay."
0: <laughs> Right? God, that's such a like a nineties mentality. Was, but like, that's exactly what it was. You did anything in the arts in the early nineties, people just immediately assumed you liked dick. Like, yeah. that, that was it. He was like, ah, he's dancing. He clearly likes penis.
1: And and that's just how it was. So I avoided it. Yeah. I straight up avoided it. I picked up like guitar, mm-hmm. which was great. You know, I, I tried to do other things, but I like avoided it. I saw like Filipinos crumping in the corner. And the only thing because I didn't know anything about it, I would be like, ha ha, that's so weird, because crumping was like a brand new thing at the time. Yeah. But I didn't let myself get into it. Finally, I go to college. And in college, you suddenly see these giant dance teams. Like, CADC was one of the first ones I saw. And you just see like, you know, when you're an incoming freshman, and you see college girls dancing, you're just like, That's I don't know nice. anything about you, but you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanna join that club. <laughs> yeah. And then you see dudes dancing next to them, but they're not necessarily dancing in like, what you had in your ignorant, naive stereotype of being like, gay, you know? Um. So at that time, you just see these college chicks and you're like, I have to join this club. So suddenly it like changes. This is, this is the bare bones like version of like what most people who get into dance uh, that are dudes like, I, I guarantee you a lot of people always say the same journey like behind closed doors. It's like, why did you first start dancing? To impress girls, period.
0: I bit, So when I had Ben on here, right? Did he so, say the same thing? I literally told him, like, I hate it when I ask somebody about what they started doing their art for. But because I'm a dude and I know that era, you did it for pussy. Like, 100%. I picked the guitar for pussy. I, I sang for pussy. and <laughs> Dance, I know for a fact, half the homies that danced did it because they wanted pussy. That's Absolutely. really what it
1: was. That's why when I started first, I started b-boying. Mm. I'm not even good, but why would you do it? It's the most flashy thing that was happening in the circles. What's the first thing you learn? Top rocks? No, windmills.
0: Windmills. <laughs> it's, always, it's always a fucking windmill, doc. Oh shit.
1: And then what do you do with the first thing you go into a session? You don't warm up, you don't do any foundations. You have no culture. You go in there, you try to practice your windmills. You bruise yourself. You have You have windmill bruises right here. You got windmill burn right here. <laughs> and then you kick the floor right here. There's always mm-hmm. those hot spots. And then after that, you try to do freezes because freezes are impressive. So I spent the better half of my freshman year just learning these like whack-ass non-foundational concepts of why I was trying to dance and the intention was off, but not realizing subconsciously that obviously I was falling in love with the craft at the same time. Yeah. Um, Fast forward, right? Uh, It wasn't until Mike Song, right? Uh, We fucking met. Oh my God, this is going to be so... Oh, I don't know if this is actually out in any any digital forms and I'm gonna tell this story this is hilarious. Okay, so um, we have this thing called SPOP, Student Parent Orientation Program. It's for incoming freshmen that go to UCI. So before you even start the schooling, you go into like a, what was at the time a three-day orientation program where a Damn. bunch of like staff members who are like actual members of the school, they like walk you through, not just like a basic orientation of what's available, your options, what you can do, but also just give you a, a sense of social life, right? Yeah. So they even throw this fucking dance Spot dance at this at the end of this three week thing, right? There's a spot dance. Everybody's trying to like kind of be cool. these incoming freshmen and stuff like that. And then there's these circles. I uh, I, I like oh, no. dance <laughs> and sucked at it. I like yeah. dance. It's like I'm getting all nervous talking about this story. <laughs> this is so fucking funny. Let me drink some more. Okay. <laughs> I I fucking. So I go into this circle because the music's playing. Uh, I think it's "Get Your Walk On" by Exhibit. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So naturally you see this shit in the music video. So I start trying to like see what right? oh, this, is, shit. this is when, this is when like cultural appropriation, just new mentality is just like fully 100% out there. And then uh, uh, suddenly this dude taps me on the shoulder ferociously. I turn around, this angry looking Korean faces staring at me. He's like bah, boom, bah, boo. <laughs> yeah. you know? And this is lo and behold, this is Mike's song. And I've never fucking battled anybody in my life. Oh like shit. Ever. I didn't even I've just only seen the concept of these mm-hmm. things. All I know is that no matter what, even if you suck at dance, you just don't give up. You know, yeah, you like yeah, yeah. you go strong. That was like my mentality. So I'm going back at him. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't dance. He's obviously probably whipping my ass, but there's this moment where his shoe falls off mid dance, oh, mid round. His shoe fucking falls off, right? I don't know battle culture. I don't think in my mind naturally. Let me pick up this prop. And use it against him.
0: You have to pick up the, sh- the shoe and use it as a telephone like everybody did. <laughs> exactly.
1: But I didn't have that in my mind. So I only had my intention. Let me pick up the shoe and give it back to him.
0: Oh, no. Right? Okay. Yeah.
1: But he had in his mind, this fool is going to use my prop against me. Uh-huh. So angry Mike's on Korean face comes over as I'm bending to pick it down, pick it up. And he kicks his own shoe out the circle. And I'm fucking confused.
0: It's like, why would you do such yeah,
1: a thing? Yeah, because I'm I was like, trying to I help. was gonna, yeah, I was gonna give it back. And you, who kicks their <laughs> own shoe? like, you ain't gonna
0: use a shit on me, bitch.
1: Bow, yeah. Korean
0: forever. Bow, yeah, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: so that was literally the first time I ever met Mike Song. It was the most like powerful human experience for like a non-dancer like myself to just get like fucking battled by mike and he kicks his shoe away so my confusion just like left with me that day uh and that was just how That's it is
0: fucking hilarious you know that dance battle culture is so interesting because it's, it's weird how in in the 90s when um or, or 90s or early 2000 more for us like uh, when people saw dance they they had a couple of perceptions of it, right? It was number one, if you danced, you're like this weak ass quote unquote what they used to say back in the gay dude. But how it origin like originated was gang member shit. You know what I mean? And so they would express themselves through dance instead of fucking fighting and killing each other and you know, which was a really positive outlet. But it's weird how that, that shifts constantly, right? And it went from that and now how dance has transformed now. Literally everybody's dancing. Like it's it's kind of weird when I see some of these younger kids and how good they are.
1: Dance is like the new jogging.
0: Yeah. You remember how um,
1: jogging back, back in the day with jogging, like Phil Knight wrote this to Nike. Um, uh, maybe it was Bill Bowerman. Anyways, the point is back in the day, like if you were running down the street, you had to be in an emergency. Like only insane people were running for recreation. But there was this like transcendent period where a bunch of like athletes, right, who were like running full time, suddenly they like stopped putting their body through such physical conditioning. So when they got old, there actually would uh, have repercussions to that. So then there was the invention of jogging. And suddenly everybody who like, you know, needed to just kind huh. of run, but not with intention to like get somewhere A to B, but just to do it for exercise. This thing got birthed and then f- literally like a hive mentality of human beings throughout the world suddenly jogging existed. I feel like we're in this really weird, really weird time where dancing is kind of like that. Because if you think about it, like nowadays I go down the street and I'll randomly see like, Every type of person is shooting like a TikTok video. Yeah. They'll just post their phone up. They'll be at like the Target. They'll be at like this place. They'll be at, in every human being condition. There's some sort of ability to like do some sort of TikTok dance. You know what I'm saying? And it's like suddenly all these people who have no idea what dance really is have this weird digital
0: foundation. No knowledge, mm. but totally a culture. You know what I'm saying? It's almost odd now where if you don't know how to dance, you are the odd person out. Because before it was like, oh, these people don't dance, they don't dance. But if you don't know how to do a certain popular dance... That like everybody- the shoot? Yeah. If
1: you don't know how to do the <laughs> shoot, if you don't know how to do fucking backpack kids, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like you're the weird
0: guy. Exactly. So when I when I see how much it's evolved, like it, it, it kind of blows my mind. Like I, I just... TikTok was one of those platforms too that really took that, that common person dance and made it really accessible to everybody, right? Anybody can be popular through, through dance now. And I think like the weird part, I had a conversation with some, some, some other dancers recently where they kind of hate and they love it. They hate the fact that, they, they love the fact that, you know, dance is becoming more accessible. People can see a viable future. In, in dance like in terms of a career and making money but at the same time they have this this little small part of them is like I went through I do dance courses classes I'm traditionally trained and no matter what I do these kids who just do this one TikTok video they'll book more gigs they'll have a lot more notoriety than me even though I am a better fucking dancer
1: well it's different right like for those professional dancers to give themselves some sort of concept of mental health I guess mm-hmm. It's like those people are getting jobs, opportunities are being booked for like a totally different reason. It's mm-hmm. not for them to like showcase art or to like educate on the culture. It's to influence a mass group of people, a younger group of people. Yeah, period. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which is, there's nothing wrong with that. That's sick. Yeah. If I was so popular, that'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, from like a dancer's point of view, I, maybe I'm optimistic. I feel like there's this singularity moment that's like on like coming up. Mm-hmm it's like it's like that moment where enough of the world through things like TikTok suddenly have enough of a foundation of movement and enough of an understanding of things where it's like you realize what it takes to suddenly be pro and then you're like, oh shit. And then you recognize people who are pro and then you're like, oh, that's the difference. Because right now, the way that I see it, people who are fucking professional dancers or choreographers, people in my crew, people like whatever, Everybody's at such an advanced level that the mass general earth human being population, like, it goes over it's their right head. right over their head, yeah. It's right over their head. You can tone down 50%, and maybe that's when it gets translatable, di- yeah, digestible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Then you can be like, oh, that's the catchy K-pop move. That's the whatever, right? Yeah. So, like, conceptually, talent-wise... We're already way the fuck above the mass general population. Mm-hmm. Therefore, once that general population suddenly comes to a certain place where like they've got enough TikTok dances in them that they're like, all right, well, what does it take to be even better? They're going to recognize better and be like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's the difference. And that's And I believe optimistically in those moments, that's when you're going to start seeing things like... Dance on ESPN, mm. uh, Dance Ambassadors getting sponsorships with major um, athletic footwear companies or yeah. whatever. Uh, dance spots on TV, not because uh, it's just selling a brand, but rather selling the culture itself. Yeah. Um, you know, even the, the the way that the U.S. looks at different sports, they, they
0: can potentially look at dance in that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, the whole dance competition phase was nuts to me, just watching, uh, like, the onslaught of ABDC and how that had a ripple effect on everybody else. That was huge. It was such a huge moment, specifically for Asian Americans, too, because I remember listen, watching that and people saying, yo, Asian people can dance. And I'm like... Dance
1: level Asian was the trending Twitter <laughs> concept at
0: the time. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yo, that's that's nuts that... I think it's because because I grew up around such a, a lot of Asian people that did dance, they were yeah. B-boys. And then we had, in our high school, we had a group called Masterpiece. That's where Phil came out of, you know, Phil Tayag from Jabberwockies, and all these other people. So dancing to Asian people, well, Asian people dancing wasn't a foreign concept. But I sometimes I forget that we live in a bubble. Yes,
1: televised yeah, in America, that was a foreign concept. Because at that time, you only had like, two Asian dudes that were really killing the industry. It was like JD McElroy and Harry Shum Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, straight
0: yeah. up. You'd be like, "That's who's that Asian guy? And you got served. Like, yeah. Unless you were watching fucking, what's it called? Uh, Battle of the Year, right? And then you had Bionic on there. But by that point,
1: <laughs> you were already paying attention. You were in the dance culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about like mass media. We're talking mm. about influencing people at a way that like, like the the way that basketball influences people. You know did, what I'm did saying? Did you
0: used to watch that show? What's it was called Dance 360.
1: Absolutely. Ben was on it. Oh, was he? You don't fucking remember Ben? I don't ben, remember ben being on that yo, shit. Ben Chung was on it. That was, you, you talking about like tag your man. Yeah, yeah. Tag your man, <laughs> Damn, that shit right? Ta- yeah. Yo, that shit was so fun to watch. I remember watching that on my little tube TV in my parents' room. Yep. It was like, my
0: RTV was this big. Yeah, 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 yeah. And i remember being like, that's Ben Chung. That's that fucking was nuts. was so sick. Yeah, that, th- those are like those small little glimpses where I saw people uh, seeing how marketable dance can be, right? And then when Jabbawockeez won ABDC, all these other dance shows started popping up. They're like, yo, this is a a really great concept. People love dance. People love seeing this shit. Absolutely. And it's an art form too that I feel like a lot of people can appreciate it without having to actually do it. you know i I think sports can be sometimes a little polarizing because like if you don't get it you don't get it but with dance i feel like culturally it's so embedded in everybody's culture anybody can appreciate dance everybody's culture has some sort of dance that they did even when you see little kids when they're younger they just start dancing for no fucking reason yeah so when people can see that on a big stage it it translates it's entertaining no matter what that's why you could go to vegas you go to cirque du soleil you go to any of these shows you see somebody dance it it connects to you somehow
1: and I, honestly, I, I thank God for the Jabberwockies during their time. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I would say the generation right before was like the Electric Boogaloos, yep, right? Because yep. they also had a show in Vegas, you know, and all the EBS were like living out there doing mm-hmm. like Vegas shows and whatnot. But the thing is, we didn't have things like social media or like mm-hmm. mass market TV shows like ABDC or anything at the time. So like the uh, way for dance to really transcend and connect with a lot of people, like, um, they, they could do that with things like Soul Train more than maybe like the the, the Vegas shows back then because we didn't have a way to share that yeah. and luckily like our generation had people like the Javwockies who could even take like the faceless brand so that anybody from all walks of life could appreciate what they were doing in terms of just dance that shit was so next level man
0: absolutely it still is it's one of the greatest brands in the world in yeah. my
1: personal opinion you know what I'm saying it, it,
0: it's weird because like when I, when I see some of that stuff because I grew up with Phil right so mm-hmm. we grew up in Sacramento together like one of his closest friends is my manager Abe and just just watching that and i see little when when phil was dancing like nobody really did what he was doing you know what i mean and i think like phil and then obviously a lot of the members they they were like innovators so from what i saw from when i was a kid you know mm-hmm. and then i see like little glimpses of what they do everywhere now and it's and it's odd you know i'm like oh shit because i would have never thought that they would have had such an influence on just just group dancing in general and specifically in choreography when it came to hip-hop choreography right Mm -hmm. and obviously people Mm -hmm. have taken what they've done and they've leveled it up in in their own way and now you see um just an evolution in dance and i it's real because i saw that when i was a little kid just watching them do what they do right and it's i think that's like the beauty of what social media has done it's allowed people to access something they didn't have access to before like the other day i saw this clip of this dude in africa just doing a show like in his village and this motherfucker got air flares. He's doing fucking chair flares. All these weird, this weird next level shit that that person would have never would have never seen if it wasn't for like social media and YouTube and the internet. And now he's doing something in his own way that he adapted from what he saw online. It's fucking nuts,
1: dude. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of what's the almost least sensitive way to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, there's a lot of, for example, like OGs. You know what I mean? People that like. Uh, really totally paved the way for the culture but didn't necessarily get to capitalize on like social media at its boom yeah and they're like they're like fathers and like mothers like parents you know they're not really about like let me get my social media on and stuff like that And, and so there's like such a discrepancy from like the now millions of people probably around the world that have like been educated through digital social media, like within a finger's reach of like searching for content and, and and not necessarily like digesting like the culture, the history, the intention, the purpose, the 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 social and civil rights movements for which these uh, cultures were birthed, the name and the vernacular for which to respect the culture and, and, and how to categorize things. Now it's just a melting pot of shit people get inspired by on the internet as fast as they can receive content. And now we're suddenly in this like like, uh, the, the people that are the forefathers and, the, and truly the founding fathers of culture almost have, like, no grip and grasp on mm-hmm. how big of something that they've, like, cultivated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's this huge divide now. And so, like, we, we're just in the middle of this really unique generation where like it's just it's like a virus, right? The way social media is, dance has just gone so fucking far out now yeah. that people are doing things like remember the Harlem Shake? Yeah. Doc. Remember when they fucking renamed the Harlem Shake? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's Everybody had a yeah. Harlem
1: Shake, mm-hmm. and then it just suddenly turned into go ape shit in costumes in random sp- in places around the world. Yeah, and whoever goes the most ape shit from the most like non. That's the Harlem Shake, and that's just it. The whole world knows that now. Yeah, and still, only the dancers who knew the Harlem Shake for what it was know the Harlem Shake for what it is.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's crazy. How, just, just how it, that information transfers, and sometimes, sometimes it dilutes, but you, totally does. It's, it's fucking crazy. Like the, the origin to where things go from now. And I, I was watching a couple of clips just the other day of just it was like this comparison of, of, of a lot of b boy moves that were from like. Back in the day. Yeah,
1: before like hip-hop was even born, right? <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. So they
0: studied that from this form of dance and they adapted it into hip-hop culture. And I would I would have never fucking known if it wasn't for that video. I'm like, how the fuck is that even a thing? <laughs> you know, because I thought it originated from somebody who created that from just the B-boy perspective in general.
1: Well, to be fair, there's also the thematic that like it is possible and practical For two people to come up with Mm. the exact same thing without influence of each other at the same time. Yeah. It's very possible. You can't have like seven plus billion people in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not have people do. So like even the way that this is is a fucked up concept to talk about. Even the way that history is recorded, as we can even see in terms of like, you know, the light of like uh, our are even national history, you know what I'm saying? How things are being brought to light in different perspectives and the propaganda and the way that things are blah, 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 right? History in general is always recorded to the loudest microphone with the most followers. Yeah, yeah, day, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that's that's like the real truth right there's real truth and then there's this person who has like billions of followers and then they say what their truth is and then that becomes historically most referenced or true
0: that happens a lot with uh with stand up too so like a stand up only imagine like, well, they'll make a joke and it's happened to me before too where i've i've literally made a joke on stage and like oh that's somebody else's joke i'm like how is that somebody else's joke when that's a story about my personal life like how but it's just there's parallels right yeah. like if you if you're an asian american and you make a joke about your asian american parents there's probably another Asian American comic that'll have a joke that's very similar in that sense you know I think the leeway between that is is, is how it's delivered So if the delivery is different, you could usually tell when it's not. But sometimes, even for me, when I would make a joke, I would just be like, fuck it. I'll trash that joke, man. Like, if you're that stuck on it, you're saying that it's your joke, which it wasn't that great of a joke in the first place, I'll trash it. Because your intention isn't
1: to fucking give negative vibes or weird shit. Exactly. Your intention is go out there, share share
0: your personal experience, and really entertain people, right? Yeah. And I've seen jokes, too, that Bobby Lee has done. Uh, Obviously, he did it before me. He's older. And when I wrote a joke, I thought it was like a really fun original idea. But he had one that was, i say, like 70% similar. And I'm like, I'm trashing this joke. Like, he he already did it better. So what's the whole point? It's because he's a Korean American and he grew up just like me. So it's very similar stories. So I just had to be, you know, whatever.
1: I, I could only assume that that's got to be a theme yeah. in every industry. It has to be, you know. Music, architecture, fashion, like whatever. You know yeah, what I'm 100%. saying? That's got to be a theme. Um, Which is why it's like, I think perspective on how you choose to like receive or experience that theme dictates a lot about either who you are as a person or like how you're gonna walk your life. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, we, we can be called for example like biters or like maybe we can like have copied or ins- gotten inspiration from uh, people and then in retrospect other people also totally bite us and, yeah. have, and pull inspiration from us. That's like one life to live. I'm like, I am a biter and I have been bitten,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then another perspective to live is like, this is what cultural influence looks like.
0: For sure. I mean, there's, I think I'm starting to understand too, especially in how this space works now, it's going to happen a lot faster and a lot more frequent. Um, it's very easy for people to become popular off of things. So if somebody is craving attention and popularity, they're going to go ahead and bite the thing that they know is going to get them there because they don't have the ability to create something like that themselves. Some right. people, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's just going to happen, right? I think a majority of people, when we talk about a pool of talent, there's there's a reason why people who are innovators and who are really, really talented, that's like 2% of this world. The other 98%, they don't really have that. And you'll see that a lot in, in this creative space because they'll do that one trick that they stole from somebody else and people get tired of it, you have to do a new one and they're fresh out. It's because you already stole something once and you now you have to steal something else. So, but now I've gotten to understand where it's just like, you know what? This is just is what it is. This podcast is brought to you by Skillshare. If you have a hobby, a side hustle or passion that you want to get into, but you don't know where to start, you need to sign up to Skillshare. One of the things I hate is hunting for information all over the place because you don't know where to start. So why do that? The more time you spend doing that BS, the less time you have to get your learn on. It's a waste. Skillshare has all the courses and info you needed in one place. No more hunting through YouTube for hours looking for quick lessons. Skillshare has a community of millions where you can learn from. Get started on your passions and your side hustles, baby. Look, right now, I am taking the Productivity Masterclass because your boy is trash when it comes to utilizing my time. I suck at it. And this course has definitely helped me realize how much time I waste on some BS. So explore your creativity at Skillshare.com GB. And the first thousand people to use our link will get a free trial of Skillshare premium membership receive free access to thousands of classes for a limited time be one of the first thousand to sign up at skillshare.com slash gb they literally repurposed one of barton joe's jokes or sketches but then i've understood now it's like well we put this out and influence somebody so who are we to say
1: yeah and that's never gonna not happen for the rest of eternity considering the way that human experience is now like able to be like so quickly accessible through like yeah, and it's perfectly fine right? too. Yeah.
0: Like, they, I mean, that's what we did it for, anyways, right? We wanted people to find it funny. We wanted to be relatable. Yeah. And if they thought about recycling that joke and it works for them, it is what it is. I just have to be better and think of something else. Hey, people are like, this is something that, yeah, this, I'm fucking loving this conversation, by the way, because this is something I
1: also am coming to terms with maturing my understanding on. At the same time because we have to deal with this shit in the idea of artistry and the entire even the artistic path like what it means to like build a career chasing what you love you know what i'm saying like there's no two roads are the same way but at the same time if the person before you is doing an uncharted road and then you are doing a different but uncharted road both of you are doing uncharted roads now you're doing the same thing you know what i'm saying so there's always going to be parallels in like the experience and the journey and in today's world really coming to terms with the idea that like you might try something, you might put something out, somebody else is maybe gonna get way more successful for doing the exact same thing. Yeah, That's normal, yeah. because maybe you gotta also count the times that somebody else tried exactly what you're doing and you got success off of it. Because yeah. I know for a fact there's people that are trying to do what I'm doing and I'm way better at it, and at the same time, I'm trying to do what other people are doing and they're way better at it. It's yeah. normal, it's always gonna happen, and I think like people just being okay with that or understanding that earlier, makes the journey way just more fun. It's not going to change shit outside of your perception, right? I
0: mean, it's it's a huge ego thing that I see with a lot of people who are already established, right? And this is like me having a conversation with myself too, because a lot of the times too, and I used to do this like when I was way younger, I used to feel that somebody else's success took away from my own. So if I'm doing something that I feel that I technically am better at, that I should be recognized for when I see somebody else successful, there was this little part of me when I was younger that was like, you don't deserve that. I deserve that. That's hella real, yes. (laughs) You know? That's hella real. You you try to bring somebody else down so they can be at your level, you know? And then it makes you feel better. And I see that a lot. This can go even deeper in friendships. Like, have you ever had a situation when you were growing up and then you had a friend who, you knew somebody who, when you started popping off or whatever, right? And they had a conversation like, oh, Anthony's changed or Anthony has done this, this, and that. It's like, no, I'm growing. You just chose not to come with me. But a lot of the times, even with certain people who don't wish well on your success, they only feel happy for you when you're at the same level as them. Unless we're here and we're peers in our career, our money, everything else, then you and I can't be friends because now you're quote unquote better than me. And that's what happens in a lot of artistry too. You, you're you okay with that other kid praising you saying you're dope. But once that kid praises you gets better than you, then you're like, the fuck? Like, why do you, why do you, why do you praise him? I'm the one that taught him how to do this shit. And that's that ego thing that a lot of us have trouble with because we we want to bring somebody down instead of really congratulating them because it's, we're trying to protect ourselves,
1: you know? Absolutely. And I'll be, I'll be, you know, easier to say in your thirties, but I'll definitely be quick to admit, like,
0: I, yeah, that, I have I an ego, you know what when I mean? I, was, I still 20s, have <laughs> an
1: ego. I still have in, like little ass insecurities that turn into grown man action that like really is something that like later on I'm going to have slight remorse over you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying like that's I feel like that's the human experience and being able to even accept that about yourself is like something that like people should be okay with doing so that they can check themselves quicker is all you know what I'm saying like (laughs) I'm
0: going to slip up all the time too tilt your mic a little more down towards your mouth tilt it yeah (laughs) Yeah. I mean it's (laughs) that's like some shit that I always have to like remind myself of a lot I don't do it I don't think I do it anymore, but when I was younger it was a big problem like even like when I uh got into YouTube right when I first started doing youtube uh I was a stand-up comic first so when people would refer to me as a youtuber it used to fucking make me mad it would make me livid and it wasn't an insult most of the time it wasn't Co- comics would use that as an insult towards me when I when I was younger when I first started doing it. this is like ten this is like ten eleven I'm all years feeling ago.
1: guilty because I'm like
0: hey. You was
1: a YouTuber. (laughs) (laughs) So like
0: right. So it's like when I started doing this, it was like I I was doing stand-up since I was sixteen years old. So when I started doing YouTube, I was like, what, twenty-four? So Mm. I've already put in so much work in and um I told the story on the podcast, but I remember when I did this event, it was for it was a stand-up comedy show. And they asked me to do stand-up. And I think the reason why they invited me out to do stand-up was they wanted to see me bomb right because I'm a YouTuber and you don't see YouTubers oh, yeah, do stand up cuz at the time people thought well YouTube comedy isn't real comedy it's it's this other realm you get to do jump cuts let's see how well you do on a stage and so what they kind of put me out for, what I kind of realized after, after looking at everything and kind of like the behavior that they had towards me, and uh, it was that, oh, they wanted to see me bomb. But what they didn't know, I've been doing stand up at that point for eight years, starting since I was 16. So I'm like, this is not an uncomfortable stage for me, but you don't know that. And so when they put out the flyer, it said, X name stand up comic, X name stand up comic. And I was one of the headliners, and they didn't put stand up comic, they put YouTuber. And I'm like, that's very weird and very intentional, you know? And But they had me out there to be a stand-up comic. And so when I went out there, I fucking smashed. I killed it. But then afterwards, they respected me. But they had the intent of trying to take something from me because it was that same thing of their ego of like, I've been a stand-up comic for 10 plus years. This kid has did YouTube, the one fucking famous YouTube video. Why does he get to be more popular and get to headline this event when I've been doing stand-up longer? I should be known better, known for more. So even like the older generation had to deal with their ego when YouTubers started coming in but they weren't quick enough to work on this platform and utilize it to their advantage. Cause they didn't know, I started in standup. I just decided to use this platform for my standup. They just didn't know that background for it.
1: It's just so ironic because like, I could totally share similar themes with that like upbringing of like, what it is that got us to where we are. But it's so funny now to at least be old enough to recognize it happening again. Because it's cycles, like yeah. right? Yeah. Now there's now there's kids dancing on TikTok. They got like 30 million followers. And they don't like dance dance. They just like dance. Yeah. But I'm like, I looked at it and I'm like, well, I missed the ball. Like, it,
0: yeah. <laughs> it just, I can't but say like,
1: shit. Yeah. You know, I, I like try to do TikTok videos and I'm like. It ain't me. Like I am wanna miss this one, even though I know it's supposed to be good. You, you should, yeah. but like, fuck all like, You do what you wanna do. You know.
0: I did one TikTok. That shit's funny. The first TikTok I put up, it got taken down for a fucking sexual misconduct, and it was just me shirtless. I was like, man, fuck this shit. Wait. It's because I'm, I'm making fun of people, right? But okay. I, I, I don't know why, but it said it was inappropriate, like adult content. I want to see like, this
1: video right now. And
0: so I, well, you can't. I want to see this softcore porn. So I, I wrote the, uh, you're supposed to petition to have it, uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to put it back up. And I was like, you guys are all fat shamers. <laughs> I was like, I'm a man with male breast. You need to put my video back oh, up. Oh my God. It still hasn't been up. So I've given up on TikTok after one video. <laughs> They don't want me on any platform. Instagram has taken down so much of my shit. I'm like, oh, this is this is weird. That's why I like podcasts. I can say whatever the fuck I want. This is true. This is
1: true. But like, it's just, it's cyclical. It's always going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I imagine you go back in time and fucking the first time they had like the printing press. Mm-hmm. And then somebody finally got their name. Y'all
0: motherfuckers read? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> We tell stories by fire,
1: cuz. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the first, like, tailor who got his advertisement, advertisement. <laughs> advertisement. Right? In the printing press for the first time. And suddenly, like, he had business. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the generation before him who, like, invented this version of tailoring was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, you yeah, want the yeah. source? You come here. This person jacked my That's going to happen with the next app after TikTok there's going to be something else that's going to change the game and then like you know that's just how it is the human experience so like forever, whoever's out there including myself I think is who we're talking to I think the hard
0: part for me now it's is, time, man. is just trying to make sure that I don't stay content right and for me personally I've already achieved more than I thought I was going to achieve so now everything is a bonus so now mm. I'm always looking for like next step challenges so if somebody asked me right now like just straight up they go what more would you like to accomplish hey, what more would you like to accomplish? Nothing really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good guy.
1: The thing is, you don't want to be content. <laughs> what else you want to do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Say, dude. Hey,
0: let's fill this box up though. Oh, yes, sir. Like, I wanted to do a film. I got to do a film. I want to do a podcast. I did a podcast.
1: Oh, which, by the way, was, was it called Gook? Yeah. I watched that whole film. That was a good film. Thank you, man. You were a good ass asshole. <laughs> <Thank plus you. laughs>
0: great friend at the same time. Perfect. Yeah, that was like one of those things I got to accomplish. I wanted to do food things, be in the food scene. I you know, we franchised the matcha thing. So it's like that that list of personal wants is slowly going away. And now I'm at a point where I just want to live happy. So it's it's weird because monetary gains isn't a huge uh like motivating factor for me. Yeah, it's it's, it's simply a necessity. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's a yeah. means to an end for me. So if somebody asks me, like, don't you want to make a gajillion dollars? And I've actually tried that once where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try and make as much money as possible, see if that makes me happy. And I accumulated a lot of like financial wealth, but then I was miserable. I'm like, this did nothing for me. It literally did nothing for me. It's because I grew up with nothing. So it's like, I, I grew up with very minimal shit. Like we grew up really fucking poor. So- I was very happy then. So my measurement of happiness had nothing to do with money. And so, but you know, when you're poor, you want to buy the shit that you wanted when you were younger. You want to buy the shit that all your friends have. Exactly. So I got every fucking Jordan you could imagine. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's when I, I caught the Tesla. I didn't need the Tesla. Like I didn't have to have that car at all which was a dumb purchase at the time because the car was like damn you're 1500 bucks a month you know and so i spent that i got all the shoes i got everything and i'm like damn this shit is novel like i i enjoyed it for a second and then that that happiness went away like i say in like the next month a week maybe two weeks who the fuck knows and so i made this shift where i'm like okay let's try to invest in stuff that you personally enjoy instead of this 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 this, these physical things which is what for you i think it's just literally doing whatever the fuck i want (laughs) it's literally whatever the fuck i want the podcast wasn't a a financially viable choice at the time it just turned out to be better than i thought it would be you know Uh, i lost a half a million subscribers when i started this podcast so you know from the outside looking in it's like you just made a dumb choice but it made me happy. I'm like, I enjoy doing this. So I'm going to have to pursue stuff that's going to make me happy, longevity-wise. And then even for the the food thing, right? I wanted to try food. So I said, fuck it. Let me go ahead and invest into this software business and see what I can do with it. Which is where I'm at right now, baby. <laughs> so, you know, all this stuff, too, It's it's... It's it all happens through age and time. Like I would have never figured this out when I was younger. Yeah, there's no fucking way you would have been like, Yeah, I'm gonna
1: do a, a matcha franchise <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I'm in my thirties. Yeah. And you're absolutely like, you're like not. At high school. Like, yeah. Which college do you want to go to? Um I wanna start a podcast. And uh I want to do ten years with JK News and <laughs>
0: Yeah. And then it was like, Okay, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna start no way. uh kickboxing. You know, yeah, let me let me try yeah. let me try kickboxing for a second. Let me see how much I enjoy and I fucking love it. Now I'm getting punched in the face every fucking week. So this, you know I, a lot of the younger viewers too they always ask like how do you like how are you so solid and knowing what you want to do who the fuck said that who the fuck ever told you that i knew what the fuck i'm doing yeah nobody knows yo i'm just as lost as you i just don't want to complain as much as you <laughs> you know i just don't whine as much as you i accept the chaos chaos is life i accept it now once you accept the chaos, things start to become easier to understand because now when bad things happen, it that's just life. That's it's just, normal. It yeah. just is what it is. Yeah. Like the other day, look, let me tell you this. So my dog got stolen from me this month, right? And I had to get my dog back. I, I saw that, that. My bike got jacked actually a couple days ago, which <laughs> I just spent an absorbent amount of money on. It got stolen. And then um, one of my friends was in the car with me. They're like, you know, you're taking this pretty calmly. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? This is life. Like shit like this is going to happen all the time. I was like, how would you react? They're like, I'd probably be pissed. I'd be fucking angry. I'm like, but that's a waste of my time. I might be angry for moments and glimpses and I do it for humor. But when I'm angry, it's quick, it's fast, and I'm done with it. Because I don't have time to deal with this shit. I'm too old for this stuff. Like once, once, you, once you start to realize how finite time is, you really start to focus how much, where you use your time and where do you utilize it. Because if I'm gonna use it, just worrying about shit that I can't control, the bike is fucking gone. If I see that guy in the middle of the street, yeah, I'll break his kneecaps. But I have to see him first, so I'll just wait for that day. Yeah, and <laughs> you have to be in a car uh, at least, <laughs> Yeah. so I can catch him. Yeah. If I see him and I'm standing, he's just gonna go by me and give me the finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my bye. <bike. laughs> he just scowls <laughs> on the distance. You motherfucker! <laughs> yes. Yeah. What was that? that was- That's all he hears, dude. Oh, you know, I have a question for you, actually. <sighs> oh. You know, I like I like watching dance videos, Like right? It's just like... Uh, I don't watch it as much as I used to, but... um Make sure you subscribe to that. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to Kinjas. I actually haven't. <laughs> I just watch the videos and I thumbs down every video. Yeah, I'll figure. <laughs> but, you know, for you guys, uh, when you guys first started, because you guys were also doing the Jabbawockee uh, faceless mask thing, were there a lot of comparisons to that crew? And, like, how did it make you guys feel when you guys were trying to do your own thing and they were comparing you to somebody else?
1: Yeah, um... I have a, I have a totally unique relationship with that. Yeah. I, that's a great question. Cause, uh, I feel like a lot of people on interwebs like to like do their thing. And uh, personally, I don't really care too much. People do what they do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and you experience what you experience. But for me, I have a really unique relationship because like if none of my guys in the crew were ever a part of that organization, sure, it'd be like, Oh man, we're trying to do our thing. Right. But like, in my crew, there's like Ben Chung and Tony Tran, who are like... Oh, they were jab yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, it's like, even before that, like, you know, Mike Song and Vang and Lyle and all these guys, that they were dancing in the Muse IC show back in the day, uh, mm-hmm. even for like a yeah. short period of time, but they were a part of it. Um, even on top of that, in my company, there's guys like Lee J, who was like, you know, also part of their company, and is like now part of our company, and you know, I I love all the guys out there. Like, I've, I've taken classes from like Kevin Brewer, he's one of my like, you know, yeah, idols God. from when I was younger, oh, like gee, straight dude. up when I was like starting dance, like KB was like one of my straight up idols, you know? And he's been like a mentor to guys like Ving, Um, and obviously like Fee is like my bro, like he's just the dude, he's the homie. And then all the super cool guys that are also a part of like the shows, they're all famed us. We were on the shows with them on uh, NBC and everything like that. So it's like, we're too connected for me to have anything but like just genuine, like I hope they're as successful as possible. Yeah. They paved the way for a lot of people. Um, we've been constantly inspired by them. Uh, they've done things and broken barriers that like so like if people compare us my first initial reaction is actual flattery mm. you even want to put me in the category uh, category with jaw walkies thank you
0: yeah <laughs> Like, oh really that's sure. great
1: yeah. you know what I'm saying but if you want to say like oh you guys are bodgers because you guys wear masks then well everybody I, I, wear masks now is I don't, covid
0: baby. <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't exactly. I don't have like too many arguments because it really just comes down to like what the beef is or their beef is or what they want from the situation, like what they want confronted from it. You you know like at, at the end yeah, like you said, uh there was one point where we were wearing our masks and then it's like oh you guys are like, you know, maybe like biting or whatever, similar. And now everyone in the world wears the same masks as us. Yeah. People don't wear jab and masks out in, in COVID season. They yeah. wear masks yeah, they would like They look us. fucking
0: ridiculous. <laughs> you
1: know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's just, I don't know. Like, where does the conversation go? I have inspiration and I and I get fueled by it, period. Yeah. And, 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 and if you give me something that's going to give me inspiration, even if it's fuel, to just challenge the fact that it's like, all right, you want to put me in the same category? Then let me figure out how to best myself. Yeah. Let me figure out how to be more different. Let me figure out how to... It's only been inspiration and fuel. So, like, I could easily be on a record with no ego and say, I thank the Jabwockies, yeah. you know what I'm saying, for, like, everything they've done for our community and culture. And for me personally, I've gotten nothing but inspiration and a lot of homies from that crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I think what you want to hear is let's battle let's That's let's do a lot of i mean it do get out you know what i'm saying because that would be fun yeah not because
0: it has to say anything about life i mean you guys are so i mean i think like stylistically you guys are so different though it's it's like apples and oranges to me especially like the the choreography is just so different and kind of like what they do i, I think you guys obviously I mean, everybody influences each other right but at the end of the day like when i look at your guys's just, first of all, branding and everything else. You guys are actually very, very fucking different. <laughs> it's very, very different. Because
1: because you pay attention and you understand <laughs> things. You know what yeah. I'm saying? People that, like, don't, like,
0: really, really
1: focus, they maybe see whatever they want to see. And to be honest, I'm still thankful for that. Whatever fucking experience anybody has, great. Yeah, You know, Jabba's fucking dope. And I think our crew's fucking dope, too. So, like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh It's just a matter of, like... Really just being honest with yourself. Yeah. I'm totally inspired by them. Yeah. Totally. But I also know that we totally have done many things that they also have never done respectfully. Yeah. So oh, it's like said,
0: fuck you, Jabba Walkies. It was respectful for a second. That's what I was waiting for. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: Yo, respectfully. Oh, man, fuck no. them. They they're the truth. They will always be inspiration points. Uh, you know, even the the the, the, the cats on their next gen,
0: fucking dope. Oh, like, that, that kid TJ, Sa- all of them, Sacramento kid, man, all Yo, those kids, all are, of all yeah. the
1: art of technique kids that are there too, you know, <laughs> the UGF
0: kids. I there, have a video like, with those kids when they were super fucking young. I think they were like six years old, like back in the day, because they're from Sacramento,
1: and they were nasty back then, exactly, like, like beyond beyond nasty, like ahead of their time nasty, and here they are in their time still nasty. Like yeah. they, I got I got nothing other than. Uh compa- I'm looking at this this fucking photo of Jordan right here. Compared to the concept <laughs> of franchises in, in a, a global organization that is uh unofficial. Yeah. The best franchises push you. Yeah. Weak teams, you know what I mean?
0: they who, exist. Who kind of can, so I remember talking to Mike, I think we both did a show together or something. I forgot what it was, but I had a conversation with him backstage and this is before Ken just started and he was having the conversation about, you know, starting this group with the with the whole mask thing and it started with your guys' uh Anbu Black Ops thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Which we didn't
1: wear masks. So yeah. I think people have to also understand like the mask is not our thing. Yeah. As you could tell if if you uh you subscribed <laughs> 90% of our dance videos don't have masks yeah. on. We're just a group of, of people, artists, brothers, homies, whatever the fuck you want to call it. We're just a group of people yeah. and we just do shit. Um, on TV, we wear different variations of masks and then always in our last episode, what we get kicked off is like when we're unmasked. Nobody wants to fucking see Asian people. <laughs> I guess that's the thing.
0: You, know? you guys should just take off the mask and you have your uh, fucking eyes taped back. <laughs> as, see, <laughs> as we don't as
1: have to tape it back. You already know we look like, like that. No, we Anyways, want them more.
0: I want them straight lines.
1: <laughs> the point is the mask is not our thing no matter what people want to say what it is. I think our thing is just, this is going to be fucking cheesy, but we just want to experience shit. And at the same time, there's definitely a sub theme of elevating what it means to be an Asian American, what yeah. it means to be an Asian in America. We don't have only Asians in our crew. We got a black guy, we got-
0: You know, we got a single black guy. It is, what it is. <laughs> shout out
1: Phil Garvin. You know, we got two white guys currently, you know what I'm saying? But like, that's in the crew. Our organization, which has like, a clothing company, a record label, you know, a noodle company, or this or that, like, there, there, there's an eclectic group of human beings, so it, it just really comes down to like, whatever it is that the public out there wants to just like, build passion off of i'm down for it i I feel like you guys
0: are the like so fucking positive man i i just one of the funniest things i used to always hear about is like dancer beef and that shit used to crack me the fuck up. Dancer beef is hilarious to me dancer beef is so fucking funny because it's it reminds me of (laughs) it's like an actor going on stage right like he's performing and his character is the villain and then there's another actor his character is the hero right but then afterwards The hero, after the acting is done and the camera's off, they go and he beats the other person's ass. And it's like, hold on. I'm an actor. I'm playing a villain. Don't beat me up. I didn't actually try to blow up the world. You know what I mean? So, as he needs dancers, they start dancing. And it's intense. You're on a dance floor, right? It's competitive. And then afterwards, they still hate them. It's like, leave it there. This is what it was for. But
1: even if there's still hatred, the farthest it goes is still to like some fucking cypher somewhere that to me is the most beautiful thing about our culture we're all pillow soft sensitive gangsters it doesn't matter how hard you are it doesn't matter what kind of songs you dance to how many chains you rock or like who's in your crew whatever At the end of the day you gotta like dish out your beef with somebody you're still gonna be like i hope it's a good dj I hope he drops the right tracks, you yeah. know what I'm saying? He's not biased and shit. Like that's the farthest it goes. Yeah. If everyone in the fucking world, every fucking major nation or like the World Health Organization, the CDC, to like fucking the Interpol, everybody's in the UN like it was a dancer and had to handle their squabbles through dance, this would be the fucking funniest utopian society ever
0: in Before the Before they fight, they have to stretch for 30 minutes. Like, hold on a second. Before I beat your ass at this dance circle, let me do my yoga real yeah. quick, bitch.
1: They're just like, hey, you know what? Like, you guys got to duke it out. You guys got a situation. and It's like, hey, we're going to bring in this DJ. You're like, oh, fuck this DJ, man. He always favors <laughs> this social group. Like, That's like, so like that, fucking that would funny. be the most difficult thing you'd endure because dancers handle their shit. And, and it's funny too. It's like, even if you don't like the person, if you get into a battle with them, at the end of the battle, you're still going to be like,
0: Right. <laughs> that shit was tight.
1: Yeah, you know, like like we did that. You're like,
0: nobody gets hurt. Yeah. Everybody's inspired. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna write a whole inspirational post yeah. on their Instagram about it after. <laughs> I was pushed to my limits. Shoot. I never thought I'd be pushed to these limits before. He brought a beast out of me.
1: People get into, people get into real beef on the street. Somebody goes home, maybe with like a broken jaw. Here there's like a panel of judges that are like <laughs> Like, that's the worst you're going to get. That's your humiliation.
0: Nah, B-boy, B-Boy fucking battles were so fucking hilarious to me sometimes because I remember this time where I just remember everybody had a big dick and they would jizz on somebody's face. <laughs> that was like the classic battle it's move. It's still the thing. I'm like, it's God. still there. Damn it. I'm this like. This is the cock. That, I just want to come that. into a fucking battle and just do that and then walk out. <laughs> and like, just fucking win the whole thing.
1: I'm not going to lie. I used to have this battle move uh, for internal battles because we always do internal battles, right? And uh this is this is a standard b boy move. I don't mean to disrespect anyone out there. This is cocking someone. It's a standard b boy move. Yes. Oftentimes it's only one handed to elicit the uh, kind of the nonchalance of being able to be like, ha-ha. And it's always <laughs> it's always got a curved index and a straightened thumb. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, you see I this? do. You see this? Know, 100%. Sometimes they just walk up to you and they just put this at your mouth, mm-hmm. and that's the that's battle my, move, right? That's my dick. Well, bitch. I figured everybody does this. But ain't nobody out there willing to do this, and this was like my thing. I would uh, always like re- realism. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I was I- like, this is where it's at. This is how I handle my shit normally. So it's like, if you want you want me to show you my my cock? Boom, in your face, and Subtle. you always and you always get people no matter what, just looking at your dick for like a second, <laughs> because it's like this is it. You feel that?
0: You know what I would do? I'd go even a step further. <laughs> no. don't, don't say it. Don't say it. I would start battling. i start circling around the motherfucker, right? I'd pretend to get lotion. Here we go. <laughs> squeak, squeak, squeak. Lotion up, turn on the TV, and I would lay down on the floor. <laughs> I would have my my fucking cell phone in one hand like this. <laughs> and like, yo, what the fuck is this guy doing? He did, and I would just slowly masturbate real quick. i would look over the shoulder, to see if my uh fiance's awake. And I start masturbating real fast, I look over. People are like, yo, this is a little too realistic. This is is what dance
1: battles should elevate themselves to, you know what I mean? I want to
0: see some real pantomiming.
1: Yeah, people need to know, like, art is supposed to be edgy and it's supposed to trigger people. It's supposed to make people question shit. Exactly. And it has to do it at every realm. (laughs) You can't just have the fucking PC stuff or, like, the tactful stuff. You got to have the in-between. Would I do it? I don't know. But it's important because I guarantee you I would watch it. I would watch it I would appreciate it I would respect it and I don't know where I'm going with this I'm going to drink some more but the point is <laughs> if everybody was a dancer instead of a fighter we'd have a very
0: very lovely world oh 100% for sure except for me though I'd probably get banned from dancing too
1: This is a guy was fucking picking up kickboxing
0: ah yeah but kickboxing is different I like punching people in the face that's different I am like no kneecaps my knees are fucking done just from uh, playing basketball as a fat ass so like I used to just play ball at like 270 pounds and you're just doing layups, trying to do these fucking fadeaways. You know, I I had this thing. I don't know why I'm sharing this. Maybe it's because I've been
1: drinking. I had this thing when I was (laughs) in high school. I sucked at basketball. I love basketball. I sucked at it. I've always sucked at it. Um, And uh, when I was in high school, I was like in summer league. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, I was like this fat kid, but I didn't
0: know I was a fat kid. You you know what I'm talking about? Story of my life, That's what I'm talking about. I only found out I was fat two years ago. Nobody told me. (laughs) Nobody told me. Everyone's like, dude, you look great. You fucking liars. I was walking around fat as fuck. My fucking doctor had to tell me. Don't fucking two years ago. (laughs) Two years ago.
1: Oh, man. Anyways, I remember there was this one time where uh, there was this other kid. It it Ended up being one of my greatest friends in high school, but his name is Michael Lee. And I remember one time I didn't like him as a freshman in summer league. And then... uh, You know, we were playing ball. We were talking shit. And there was one day where you called me a fat ass. I was like, what the fuck? You're fatter than me, you fat ass. And he was like, what the fuck? Okay, you're fatter than me. (laughs) So we get into this high school argument about who's fat and who. Turns out I was the fatter (laughs) one.
0: and i didn't i didn't know and your fucking mind was blown right you never have those it's like that glass shattering moment you look down at your shirt you have ketchup stains and cookie crumbs on your stomach when you realize that you're the
1: fatter one it's a whole yeah, it's a it's a life altering event.
0: I just had this moment where you just started having flashes of you being a really fat person. Can I get a can I get a third serving, please? Is that me? <laughs> well, this is back then in junior high
1: in fucking late nineties. You could get a bag of hot Cheetos, cheese dip sauce, and a soda for a dollar twenty five. Yep. Delicious. Why the fuck would school kids not be fat? And especially shit. if you was a broke kid, because mm-hmm. you had to spend a lot more money to get healthier stuff, mm-hmm. which is normal. But mm-hmm. So I'm like, to even process what you actually are and, and then to fucking figure out how to grow from it, that is like a huge, huge thing that human beings got to go through at some point. I feel like everybody's got that. Whether it's fatness, ugliness, idiocracy- inadequacy, whatever the fuck it is that people have for themselves, everybody's got to go through this moment where they have this breakthrough. At least you found out when you were 13. (laughs) Yeah, 14. 14. You found out when you were like 68. It fucking took me forever, dude. I was walking around calling other people fat. I'm like, fucking fat fuck. Oh man, it hurts so bad to think that you're not fat and then to like realize you're the fat one. anyways,
0: but I was like, um, I was ridiculously fat though. And I had no idea. <laughs> like I, I was huge and nobody told me.
1: As a sophomore, I was 5'4". And at the end of my sophomore year, I was 5'10". The oh, shit. same weight the whole time, 154 pounds. I was 5'4 at 154 pounds and then became 5'10 at
0: 154 I was 154 pounds. 154 pounds when I was three years old. So I have you beat. I was a solid 154. Easy. I have nothing else to drink to
1: that, so I'm just gonna let you. I'm gonna you let you be me in your absolute fatness. I'm slurring my shit and I'm getting way more drunk, so I don't know where this conversation or this podcast is going. But if you want more, people random call you. Shit, like you're
0: a fucking fat shamer, is what you are, dude. What's I am, wrong with being
1: fat, huh? I'm a fat shamer only because I had to go through it and I shamed
0: myself <laughs> for years. You know, it's weird with that with that fat shaming uh, topic because I was a really really big guy, you know, and I and I say that I didn't know I was fat, and I'm dead serious. I actually had no idea. Um, but i became like a poster boy for a lot of these young kids who are like yo I, if you know if david's fat i could be fat too the thing is you know you're fat i didn't <laughs> you know what i mean like what the fuck like i was like i'm chubby you know and i assume that you know all these these french that
1: is a a fat concept though yeah. you know what i mean like there's
0: a lot of gray area yeah. in here so you know i don't know what fat was right but you guys will all know this once you start getting a little older being fat's not fun anymore because you feel it you start to feel it and that becomes a problem right mm-hmm. so uh it, like when i when i talk about the subject sometimes people like they, they kind of muddle the conversation that I'm having with with their own personal issues. They go, well, I can be beautiful. I never said you weren't beautiful. Nobody said that. Nobody said you weren't beautiful. Nobody said you weren't, you're not worth anything. Nobody said that you're less of a human being. You're actually more of a human being. So, just kidding. But uh, you're like, nobody's having that conversation. Mm. That's a personal thing that you're dealing with. When I said that I lost weight, it wasn't because I didn't think I was beautiful. I clearly did. I was still trying to hit on women. Like I was fucking, you know, Daniel Henny up in this bitch. But it didn't change the fact that I was unhealthy. I had trouble sleeping. I had sleep apnea. My fucking knees were killing me. My back was hurting me. These are the things that I couldn't avoid. And a lot of the times with people who are, say like, oh, I feel great when I'm fat. And you know what the reason why is because uh, the human body is amazing. It's very adaptable. Like, we'll adapt to our pain and our discomfort consistently. The moment you start eating better, you start uh, treating your body better, and you feel something better than what you had before, to go back to that, it's very painful. Mm. So- even mm-hmm. now, like, yeah. I I I fucking love McDonald's, man. Fuck you guys and your McDonald's sponsorship. Thank you. But yeah, Thank no, no, no. you McDonald's forever. No, McDonald's, you, f- you motherfuckers don't even this know. This is both the M and the love. <laughs> so, but I know that if I have my, you know, double quarter pounder and the chicken nuggets tomorrow, most likely I'm going to have a little diarrhea. You get diarrhea from McDonald's? Ever since I lost the weight, like, I've had trouble... Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, I understand. I understand. Like, That's probably because of your diet in general.
0: Yeah, I just don't eat a lot of, like, yeah, yeah, hardcore yeah, yeah, yeah. processed foods. Like, yeah, I don't yep, eat a yep, lot of bread. Yep, I don't I eat all yeah. of this shit. You know what I mean? So, when I go ham on it... Like, mind you, if I had five nuggets, a burger, and a small fry, it might be fine. However... When you go ham on McDonald's, you go ham because it's get, cheat day. Exactly. I go the fuck off. I get myself a filet fish large <laughs> fries, 20-piece nuggets, breakfast burrito, a breakfast sandwich, hash browns, a McFlurry, whoa, whoa, a Diet whoa, whoa, Coke. Whoa, whoa. That's and way maybe, more ham hold than on a second. anybody ever heard of. All right.
1: And if a I'm fat feeling ass. a little...
0: Che- hold on a second. Am I a fat chamber? If I'm a little, if I'm a little cheeky, I'll get a little bit chicken for dessert. Cheeky is a good word. Yeah. So this is what happens, right? So it's not McDonald's fault. It's the fact that I choose to abuse it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, so I I know that when I eat like that, I'm going to have a problem. So ever since I lost that weight and I started feeling better from the weight loss, it's hard for me to go backwards because I just physically feel sick. Like It sucks. Because I'll see like other people eat fine, and then but if I try to eat their food in in the quantity that I enjoy, because it's a it's an addiction for me, like food is an addiction, uh, I won't feel as good as they feel, right? So there's no way your boy gonna have a slice of pizza, one pizza fuck out of here man nobody has one slice of yeah, pizza if you do you're a you, cereal you do killer.
1: minimum half pizza you get the wings and the ranch on the side of the breadsticks you're also drinking a two liter for no reason because it's part of the entire ordeal so you just or gotta beer. fucking pop lock that shit off and dude, you the don't gun, ever dude. say pop lock pop, pop lock, here, lock that shit you know off that? you fucking herb right now <laughs> no you no, say, no you
0: pop lock that shit off bro you know what I'm saying you man, fucking dude. you fucking pop lock don't it. don't pretend dude. to be
1: like fucking you pop lock don't do this you pop lock this is what
0: I'm saying dude see this he's a fat shamer and also a dance shamer the fuck is this, this, guy, this dude, right here? Lock. This is, you can't see me. Dude. Don't, bro, I'll battle you right now. I'll take you out to lunch, bro. Uh, you take I'll, the take fr- I'll eat lunch. I, ju- I just did it right now. It's dinner time, number one. I actually just beat you before we even started. <laughs> Beat see, it off, baby. So you start off with a verbal attack, and then it gets worse after that.
1: Who wants? Who wants to actually see this full dance right now? Oh, you! I will fucking, I will fucking put it in the comments if you want to see him dance. Let me tell you something. Eventually, Let in this the space specifically on his channel, once I once I get to my knee surgery, any of us, once I get on kneecaps, Kendra's. once I get kneecaps, you're done, son. We'll do sitting battles. We'll do anything that's convenient for him. We'll do battles with McDonald's in front. Tell I am telling you something. You pick the DJ the, the, You can pick the, the, the music prize Let's go McDonald's. off baby.
0: Let me tell you something Give me 17 years And I'll fuck your ass up <laughs> I'll fuck you up Give me 17 years To work I'll drop everything What the fuck 17 17, 17 Lakers wins By the way uh, 17 Are you a Lakers fan Of course you are Are you a Lakers Celebrating
1: fan? last night I don't know Re- when this podcast drops But last night It's, was ha- still, it's coming out this Thursday There it is Celebrating Are you happy The Lakers won I'm fucking happy The Lakers won uh, During I'm, this year I think of all years I think it's I'm like, happy
0: because of Kobe, dude.
1: Absolutely. For Kobe, out of respect, I'm a Lakers fan for sure. I've always been one. It's not about, it's been 10 years. It's not about how oh, LeBron finally did this after three franchises. It's not about, of course, those variables exist, but like in a year of like consistent struggle, every city go- goes through it. So I don't mean to take anything away from any other city, but like for Kobe- Oh man, it was a tough year for the whole world, right? So it's like, I think for the Lakers to Kobe too, started
0: COVID, dude He yeah. knew what was happening He was like, I'm out this bitch
1: I think I think for this to happen You gotta at least respect the poetry of life There are certain things that are like poetic You know what I mean? No, but continue Fuck you You know, you know what the fuck I'm talking about <laughs> Don't not be an artist right now This is a- Even stand-up comics are artists. Everybody uh, respects the poetry in life, or at least I I would like to think that. And you can't have something so painful for the whole world and the whole culture and then not have it come back around. I see more like uh, Instagram posts with like the conceptual Kobe's angelic arm around LeBron than I've seen just like championship Laker posts. You know what I mean? I, I, when I was out in LA last night uh, by the Staples Center where there was like illegal fireworks, tear gas, and a bunch of random shit, it was when thousands of people suddenly started chanting Kobe, 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 that it was like, this boy ain't even playing in the championship team right now, but everybody gathers and galvanizes their their energy to start chanting Kobe. Did, like you that's... Cry,
0: did you cry when Kobe passed away?
1: Absolutely. I did. Where were you when you when you found out? Oh, man, this is a, a unique thing. This is um... technically I signed an NDA and I can't actually acknowledge where I was in the uniqueness of what makes this story powerful. Mm-hmm. Even to say that was not the right thing to say. You're going to have to cut this out. Okay, man.
0: well, we'll just we'll just leave it right there. Well, you know, I mean, that, you didn't tell anything right there. But you were at a very uh, important part of your life when it happened. Because I, a lot of people, too, when they found out, their whole world stopped. Like, my when I found out, too, first of all, I'm a Sacramento Kings fan. So, I'm like, fuck Lakers all day. But all day. Kobe, I understand at, you. Kobe as, a, as an individual, though, right? Just, you know, having to watch all of his interviews and, you know, that Mamba mentality. Nope. I could never hate Kobe as an Gold, individual. It's called you plan. Right? He, he was like our generation's uh, Jordan. So for, for Kobe to just up and pass away like that out of nowhere. But when, some, when I found out, I thought it was a joke. Specifically, well, I, I cracked up at this one part when they said that. <laughs> what's his name? Fucking, uh, I'm about to say Rick Ross. Fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, handsome motherfucker on the Lakers during that time. Oh, my God. My fucking uh, geometry teacher loved this motherfucker.
1: During what time? During their championship during season what Kobe cha- Kobe, with Kobe and Shaq era? Yes. Like Robert Ory, uh uh Glenn Rice, uh Nick Van Axel. Curly uh, hair. Curly Light hair. Light skinned black dude. Light skinned black dude curly hair. There's a lot of those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, come on,
1: David. <laughs> uh, Rick. Fox, Rick Fox. There you yeah, go. Yeah, with, with Vanessa. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, Rick Fox, yeah. they said that, I think they said either Robert Ori or Rick Fox died too. <laughs> and they, I don't know why somebody just put that shit. Oh, up. that's right. It was and, like Robert Ori, I think. It was yeah.
1: It was and one they, of the, yeah, yeah it was, I was one like, of those. Yeah. Joe,
0: why the fuck? Who the fucking asshole said, like, Robert Ori died too? And everybody's like, Robert Ori's dead. <laughs> and then Robert Ory's like, I'm still here. What the fuck are you guys talking but about? But he was
1: suddenly hella relevant. Yeah. His jersey sales were going up yeah. through the roof.
0: <laughs> I was like, it's fucking asshole put that shit out. But uh, I, I thought it was a, a a practical joke. I thought it was a joke. I, I was like, there's no way fucking Kobe died. Are you fucking nuts? And then he died and then his daughter died too. Such a terrible moment. The day that we found out Kobe died was actually
1: the 10-year anniversary celebration banquet of the Kinjas. Ooh. So uh, I had just come back from from China from working on like a music video for uh, it was Jackson Wang at the time his Hundred Ways music handsome, video handsome handsome man handsome man um, and we had just come home so we were about to do this ten year anniversary banquet since Honorable Black Ops in 2010 the very first time Ken just got together it's 2020 now so we want to do it on the same day that vibe was thrown ten years previous right everybody finds out Kobe dies. I shit you not when everybody shows up to the banquet that evening because we found in the morning when everybody shows up to the banquet the first nobody nobody talks to each other it's really awkward people are trickling and nobody's really talking so the only thing people know how to do is drink so everyone literally takes maybe like in silence <laughs> three four five rounds of just like toasts of like this this weird like hey, hey cheers Hey, cheers. Yeah. Finally, people get drunk so they can like let go and let loose and try to enjoy the idea mm-hmm. that we're supposed to celebrate life. But even then, every speech that night at this banquet, somebody's somehow mentioning in the light of Kobe or in the darkness of this or, you know, whatever. And, and it was just, I hadn't felt this kind of energy since Michael Jackson died.
0: Mm. you remember
1: when MJ died
0: yes I do because I was pissed because I bought a ticket to see this motherfucker perform at his last fucking tour and he died in,
1: in the O theater in uh um yeah and he died and
0: I'm like the fuck <laughs> I'm like this the? is it yeah you
1: bought tickets for this is it
0: me and my buddy Gabo, big Michael Jackson fans. And so we, we, were, we, were, we were... That would have been a dream yeah, to watch. It was a lot. Because I was too broke and young to go see him. So now, you know, a little older, I was like, oh, I could afford this shit. I'm going to go see this dude. Passes away. I'm like, fuck. We both like, fuck.
1: I feel like, to me personally, when Kobe died, when MJ died and when Kobe died, are, and, and and when 9-11 happened.
0: Oh, that's right. 9-11 those are three things Yeah, that you compare I, Kobe Bryant to nine eleven. I do for for, for that's LA, amazing Absolutely I do Because
1: those are three instances When I will always remember where I was What I was doing What I was wearing How I felt Where I was in my life All of that I'll know all of those things On only those specific moments Who were you wearing during the time Kobe died? I was wearing
0: Actually, I think I was wearing these pants That's great these are your Kobe pants from now on. These are my Kobe pants They're from called now. Mamba Blacks. Mom- my Mamba Blacks. My Mambas. Mom Blacks. M- my Mamba
1: Blacks. My mom is black. <laughs> These are These mom- my mom's black shoes. These are your mom black
0: shoes? Shoes. shoes? <laughs> this pants. motherfucker be drinking doggy instead of called his pants shoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I he literally grabbed the fabric of his pants <laughs> <I don't laughs> and he called God. them Shoes. <laughs>
1: This shirt right here, it's my mama's shirt. Just make it worse just pour me some more okay <laughs> just make, make
0: make the whole podcast worse oh, this is so, why uh, oh, <laughs> mm. oh, oh that just... shit was too funny took a very serious moment <laughs> 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 these, these shoes these fucking shoes these, right these here. shoes that i have oh man oh man but yeah kobe won cheers fucker <laughs> kobe passed away it's weird when um when you have these uh these people who kind of leave these huge stamps on on in your life or just people in general. It actually helps me refocus why I do the things that I do. So it's like, isn't it interesting? Like when Chadwick Boseman passed away. Oh, it, that shit fucking wrecked me, man. <laughs> it wrecked me because of when the the stories. Where he was doing interviews while he had cancer. He shot like three or four films. while I think, yeah. (laughs) While he had cancer. He was helping other kids who were terminally ill patients without telling them that he was also terminally ill. And helping them go along with their journeys, knowing that they're going to pass away. And when you look at a human being like that, it's like, oh, shit. It it really helps you refocus why you continue to do what you do. It helped me get out of my personal ruts that I deal with. So it's like I get to look back at these heroes and and look at what they do and make sure it helps me kind of put my life back on track. That's so important, though. I think when people talk about, you know, why you do things, I think I wouldn't I probably would never be as obsessive as. Kobe Bryant is right because Kobe Bryant is an obsessive human being. Yeah, he is. right. I don't think I w- I would ever go to that, but it also helps me feel better in the things that I'm doing because I'm like, oh, I'm not chasing the almighty dollar. I'm chasing stuff that makes me happy. To make sure that I leave a proper stamp in this world, whether it's with this podcast or just you know comedy in general, it it, it really did help me to refocus my life. And it sucks that somebody has to pass away for that to happen. You know, mm. well, it, it... probably is natural, right? That's, that's probably just how.
1: Everyone before us who did something substantial with their life also evolved as a human being, right? Yeah. Some sort of uh, amazing gain and tragic loss yeah, that, that defined those experiences. And, you know, it's uh, how old are you right now? I'm uh, 32. I'm 34 right now. So uh, me and you are entering the generational age gap where everyone's getting fucking married or Kids. having children yep. or dying. Yeah. Straight up, which are, I I would like to think, the three most intense human experiences that our society has, has given us. Yeah. Getting fucking married, having a child, or death, which is inevitable. Losing so your I, virginity is another one. Not in our, our, well, hopefully not in our generation. For, For like, some people I, out there losing their virginity.
0: Okay. I'm still I a think virgin. if you're in your... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear to God. I'm still a, actually. I Don't swear to God, that's a lie. I, <laughs> I'm a I'm a virgin. You're a virgin.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you're a virgin. Please, please don't don't. Yes, you yes, don't I'm have a to lie. You don't I have to lie. I want somebody to you know? take my seat. I just want you to know that you're a virgin. There's nothing to be embarrassed about
0: <laughs> unless you're 32 and you
1: have a fiance. <laughs> but but point is, we're entering that 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 space where every fucking week somebody's getting married or having a kid or passing away. Yeah. Right. Or, or you know somebody who knows somebody who's passed away. So it's like the second you get into that, I feel like, kind of gap in your life, all the little shit really becomes little shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like once you know and once you experience that, it shifts your entire perception. So, in the way that you're talking about how like experiencing someone's death is the catalyst that helps you redefine uh some sort of identity clause or purpose or whatever the fuck I just feel like that's like where we're at in our life right now and for anybody else who's in that same kind of adulting space or generation what the fuck are
0: we X uh y? I think we're millennials I don't yeah, know Yeah we're millennials I mean, we're millennials
1: What are the fuck that people want to hate on us for whatever generation that is I just think it's really, really important to really come to terms and recognize the power and respect the power at which our life experiences are about to shape us versus get, like, drowned by them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they happen. Um, so, like, just in general, that's, that, that's the exact reason why, like, at the end of the day, I'm here. I'm happy to be on this fucking podcast just talking about whatever the fuck is important to us because 10 years ago, I think the content that guys like me and you were like really hype and eager to talk about or the things that we were trying to like express ourselves with is very different from the maturity of the don't give a fuck attitude that we may have
0: in today's episode. Yeah. Well, especially as a younger person, I didn't have enough wisdom to talk about shit. I didn't have enough life experience. But we still did. Yeah. With
1: with naivety and ignorance.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, I could you know only I could only put it in the perspective of what somebody went through uh, at my age or up, up e- to our age, it's up to yeah, our age, which, was very, yeah. which was very, which
1: was limited. You know, which was so limited compared to everything else that we've probably encountered in the last
0: like six months of our lives. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess like from. I mean, if I could ask you this, then so, what is something that you do now? That's an improvement of what you did when you were younger.
1: To be completely honest with you, and today like the right right now that the second you bring that up, the first thing that actually comes to my mind is acknowledging my wrongs. Mm. Cause before, I think that it wasn't so easy for me to be like, oh, I made a mistake on this. Let me fix it. Before I'd be like, Oh, I made this decision. It didn't work out right, but it was it was sensible because and my ego would get involved because I thought that everything that I was doing was just like righteous because of the cause of the moment, the idealism. And today, I think as an older human being, I've been able to recognize like, oh, uh, I just didn't know better. So this was not right. Mm. Being wrong isn't like, oh, I'm a terrible human being. I was just wrong. You know what I mean? Whether it might be uh, based off things like um, civil rights issues to uh, gender issues to uh sexuality issues things that i was just like um ignorant to or just not perceptive of or not open to at those times i'd be like oh shit yeah you know like yeah I i didn't understand i was a little naive therefore you know here's my learning curve now as a person who's experiencing honestly like crazier hardships it's a lot easier for me to be like I apologize. I made a mistake. I need to unlearn what I understand and then relearn the right way to do things. And I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. When you were younger, you were talking about you not wanting to do dancing because to do the dancing because you thought it was, you know, quote unquote gay, you know, which was a hot word at the time. It's like, yeah, what what a a stupid concept. How dumb is that?
1: And you know what? I was also afraid to admit that maybe like five, six years ago. Mm. And today I can openly say that not because I'm trying to offend anyone who's gay, but because I have to, like, be honest with how ignorant and naive I was. Yeah. And to respect people today, I have to acknowledge my naivety. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I think that those are very different, like, understandings based off of the wisdom of age. It has yeah. nothing to do with, like, I'm a great person or not. It's like, oh, like, I'm learned it because I'm older. People yeah. have taught me. People have shown me better ways. You know what I'm saying? So
0: For me, definitely, I think the thing for me is I've learned to be a lot more uh, empathetic I, yeah. I grew up just zero empathy like I could give a fuck less about what somebody else was going through because I was going through so much right Yeah. I think that happens a lot with people who kind of grew up with brokenness and being poor like you're so worried about like your next meal what's going to happen the next day the last thing you care about it what somebody else goes through totally but or you were only focusing on what other people had and you didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So totally. now I've learned because like empathy has helped me out. So I actually found this shit, empathy, this concept through therapy. So it's like, you know, because not everything is. I used to be a very black and white person, right? It probably just because I grew up in a very religious household, it, it didn't allow me to see the layers within people, right? So if somebody would wrong me, I would just say, that is wrong. When I see you outside, I'm going to stab yeah. you. Totally. <laughs> you know? Totally. You're not, you're not thinking about like, why did that person do that? Yeah. What are they going through? And the weird thing is, is that what I found out was that that having the ability to empathize with somebody isn't making excuses for them. It's, it's actually allowing you to deal and manage your emotions, right? Because when you start to understand where somebody comes from, they don't have that control over you now. So it's like, okay. Like, for example... Um, it's hard for a lot of young people when I see a lot of, like, Asian activism going on, right? And I, I, I enjoy some of it. The other stuff, I think people are being ridiculous. For example, uh, there was... Uh a post that somebody put up, it was like, oh, it was on Facebook. They wrote this whole thing where it's like this 80-year-old guy came up to me and, you know, he was trying to have a conversation. He started the conversation with like, hey, like, what are some good Chinese restaurants? It's like, oh, do you think you could just ask me about Chinese restaurants? Because blah, blah. And I actually had this similar situation. However, how that person took and how I took it was two different things. And when I was asking this person who was a, a friend of mine, and then I, I kind of wrote on the thing, I was like, well, what was that person's intent? you know was that person's intent to make fun of your culture or was that person a fucking 80-year-old man who grew up in a different generation than you and he wanted to create small talk because he wanted because he enjoyed your presence there's two different ways that you could see this his intent 100% from what you wrote from this is what you wrote was for him just to talk to you and have a conversation but mm-hmm. he did it in the way that he thought was okay however you took it as his, his him saying a racist thing towards you and you basically cursed this dude out so how did that open up a conversation for him to want to know you better as a human being? You actually did a disservice without even knowing it mm. because you lacked empathy. You didn't care enough to say, why is this person asking me this question? Did this person ask me this question because he knew better and he chose to ignore it? Or did he not know any better and he thought that it would have been a good segue for a conversation with you? So that's where sometimes like, I feel like people don't understand how great empathy is as a tool. It helps you navigate through these that, awkward that, situations. I
1: mean, you got to have... You got to have a wisdom and a life experience to like be able to perceive that. And I think that in time, people will understand that. Hopefully. That's not necessarily like... A, <clears throat> like Everybody finds their understanding of empathy in their own way. Whether it's by direct schooling of like a mentor figure or it's by just experience of life in ways that they have
0: wronged someone. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's the true power empathy yeah you just like those it just makes your life so much easier like understanding somebody else's situation it's it's because nobody ends up a piece of shit just because they're a piece of shit there's always something i gotta pee go pee (laughs) and i'm drunk but i like this conversation (laughs) how do i do that do i pee and come back pee and come back this podcast podcast is brought to you by Junbi matcha not all matcha is curated and created the same and Junbi matcha stands out above the rest if your matcha isn't a beautiful shade of jade green and doesn't have an earthy smooth taste then you're definitely not having Junbi matcha is not supposed to be bitter the caffeine boost and health benefits you get from it are the best no caffeine jitters and loaded with antioxidants to get 10% off your first order of tins and packets go to Junbi that's J-U-N B I shop.com and enter code genius brain to get 10% off your first order today. Get that matcha on, baby. Okay, I
1: don't know where the flow of this podcast is, but I'm having a good ass time, so I could give a fuck and I could drink some more, but I really don't know where you're at. I don't even know if it's still recording. I went. Out, I went out to up a piss, and when I finished taking a piss, I didn't take my phone. But there's another door that blocks the bathroom from this like
0: hallway of offices. So I was stuck out there, so I'm just sitting here, and all I hear is boom, 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 boom. I'm like, man, there's some really loud people out there. I'm just surfing through my fucking Yo, phone. I was already, I was already at the point because I didn't have my phone. I had to come to the
1: realization, that acceptance, that I might be here for a long time. <laughs> Like, until David figures it out. So I was about to start turning to knock on other offices to see if they had a key. And everybody was fucking closed. Everybody's office is gone. And I was like, like everybody, oh
0: shit. Everybody in this space leaves at like 5 p.m.
1: I was like, I was genuinely I was like, I'm, I'm I'm, a drunk dude by myself in this hallway. I should have just waited
0: to see what was happening. I just <laughs> see you outside just working on some choreo in the hallway. Like, yo, this motherfucker working on some choreo nothing. right now.
1: I'm gonna get more drunk. Cheers. This... How do you do podcasts like this? You got no structure. You just get people in here. You just drink. That's That's exactly what happens.
0: Fuck this. I don't even know how long we've been going. We've been going for quite a while. Usually, I mean, first guests usually we go a little longer than normal because we have so much to catch up on. You know? I don't remember what the fuck we were talking about. We were talking about some It deep was shit. deep. It was deep shit. We've been to, talking
1: about a lot of deep shit.
0: I swear to God, it was deep. But really on the deep.
1: very last deep topic, the only thing I could think about was how much I needed to piss. <laughs> fuck. This is my water. I'm going to take it. Yes, it is. I don't give a fuck right now.
0: <laughs> what? <are> you... <laughs> That's what I, was, I got so... In the previous podcast area, it was like a super, super small room. I couldn't fit a bar cart. So like I didn't have <sighs> much space for alcohol. So I got this fucking bar cart and I stocked it the fuck out.
1: I'm 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 buzzed I'll talk shit right now you ask me anything I'll fucking confess shit I'll, I'll, <laughs> all
0: right perfect I'm just kidding this is, this is like the end of the podcast yeah. like, that's where it ends <laughs> <laughs> no this is where it continues no but I do want to say this you guys are actually coming out with a with a, a fucking instant noodle which is nuts to be legal we
1: can't call it instant the reason why let me explain this officially instant noodles already cooked which is why... I remember when you were a kid, you would eat instant noodle or whatever. You would break off... Before you even cook it with water, yeah, you would man. just like crunch on it and like chips. It, yeah, You can't do that with this because it's technically raw because it's air-dried and not fried. Oh, oh well, you realize it's the healthy shit, right? It's the healthier shit. Ooh. So, 100% plant-based, air-dried, never fried, no preservatives. and it's No fucking, preservatives? It's fucking spicy if you put the whole spicy sauce on it. So, if you don't want spicy, you want to just... Uh, regular noodles. You, Do you don't call have to it, it any the of that.
0: Kinja Bang sauce, and
1: it's just spicy sauce. Maybe we should re- <laughs> <laughs> Well What's Kinja bang,
0: bang noodles? So
1: I don't know how to call it Kinja but you call bang, it a bang sauce. sauce bang That's sauce, Bang
0: sauce, and then you bottle the sauce up because it's banging. Yeah, no, because it's spicy. You call it Bang sauce, and then people buy it. You gotta work on your marketing, guy. Off camera, I'll explain
1: the logistics and legalities on why it can't be called that. But it's okay for now. Yes, we will work on our marketing.
0: <laughs> what made you guys get into to noodles? That's so random.
1: Oh, man. One, yes, it's random. Two, if you hella know us, there's a thread that makes it not random. Does that make sense? So I was uh in 2000, 2010, 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, 10, 9 years ago, 2010, 2011, I was working as a marketing director for a street clothing brand called Collusive. Oh, okay. You remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're super uh, popular with like... F- huge graphics Mm -hmm. uh, foil prints was in every Metro Park yeah before Metro Park filed chapter 11 and went (laughs) back and shit 50 Cent was wearing our shit Uh, it was on a bunch of skaters it was on a bunch of dancers everywhere were inclusive it just became this like huge brand that we like really infiltrated the dance market with and um, from there shit happened And I stopped working because, um, like, the brand went into, like, a different direction. I wanted to pick up dance and wanted to, like, try what it meant to be a dancer. Uh, Mike was on... Mike's Song was on Cop Modern, and he had just gone through ABDC. So, he was, like, now traveling the world and teaching. It was a very unique time where, like, dance was suddenly, like... are, Are you saying you're traveling and teaching under your own name? You're not, like, the choreographer or, like, Janet Jackson or performer for, like, this huge artist. You were just... Mike Song or you're just yeah. called Modern. So like this whole era of like uh just the prominence of dance started to kind of erupting. And uh fast forward ten years, my old boss from Collusive, who we always stayed in touch with like, we were just always, like, connected. We were always friends. He's, like, a bigger brother and a mentor to both myself and Mike Song and a lot of business stuff and life things in general. And we were always, like, we got to figure out how to do business together. Nothing happened for, like, a decade. Mm. And finally, we got back together at a time where he was focusing on food industry. So he had just migrated from clothing, street clothing industry, to fucking food. It's a very, very unique transition. Yeah, and it took him a couple of years to figure it out and start smashing the food industry. That's as vague as I'm allowed to be right now. But like he, he, he created a number of products that entered a number of stores that did very, very well. And suddenly we had a companion who is versed in the food realm. Something that like as a dance brand. There's no fucking way we would have ever had an entry point. Yeah. So, But because I had worked with him and he and the clothing company Collusive had originally sponsored Mike's Song as a dancer, we were always just this like trifecta of friends that were like, one day we'll do business together. Fast forward, we're fucking drunk, naturally, sitting at some bar somewhere in the arts district trying to figure out. We're like, oh, yeah, maybe we should do business together, blah, blah, blah. I remember I'm about to leave the meeting, right? And then they're like, yo, what about this idea? So then I end up canceling my other shit. We go to another bar. We keep talking. Next thing you know, we're trying to figure out what's the most right thing for us to do. All of us fucking love noodles. Mike is a huge ramen guy. I'm a huge pho guy. I, granted, I ate pho like every week growing up as like a culturally Chinese Vietnamese kid, but I fucking love pho. I'm, do you love pho? You're
0: like Chinese Vietnamese? Like, you chow? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. exact. How the fuck do you know that?
0: So, Sacramento has a huge Vietnamese community. Absolutely, they do. So, I grew up around Vietnamese people my whole Same
1: life. Same with San Jose. Yeah, San yeah. Jose has a bigger community in Sacramento, actually.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm Vietnamese food all day, dude. Bun sale all day that's my shit Bun sale
1: all day so point is I fucking love Vietnamese food and pho yeah. so we just started talking about noodles Yeah. and then for him uh, for him to even create the food products that he had created in the past um, he w- it was always an inspiration point it's like where do we go and then how do we create that so we had like a Michelin star chef on deck that created his previous food products and he was like alright let's start making this thing So, naturally, we got guys like Twinges from fucking Sag, actually, who are on the team, and they're vegans. And we have a number of vegans on the team in general, so we're like, if we're gonna make some, we gotta make something plant-based. Normally, noodles in general are plant-based, right? Like, egg, rice, I guess you can consider, it's all plant-based. But when it comes down to it, like, every fucking noodle on the market is like chicken noodle, beef noodle, shrimp noodle, blah, blah, blah noodle, right? So we're like, all right, let's just keep a plant, unless you want to add like these crazy spicy stuff, but let's just keep it plant-based because it makes sense for our brand. But at the end of the day, instead of just making another noodle, let's try to innovate it. Let's try to change it up. What what, what do we want to do with noodles? Number one, we're like, let's make it a rice substitute. That was weird, but it was huge. Because we're like, instead of just making noodles that you could eat, let's make it noodles that you can eat with whatever the fuck you want to eat instead of rice. Number two, we're like, mm, Let's make it healthy and plant-based because we're like a dance athletic brand. So it's got to make sense. And let's make it soupless. So it's just different from everything else out there. All right. That shit started to hit in a way within our internal community that like really motivated us to be like, all right, this is the way we're going to do it. We packaged it all together. We called it Kinder Bang Noodles. It was originally called something else. But I remember being uh, on my anniversary holiday honeymoon type situation. Not honeymoon, sorry. Let me rephrase that. Holiday trip with my girl. And uh, I remember getting a call from Alex, uh, my partner for Kinja Bang Noodles. And he was like, yo, what should we call it? Blah, blah, blah. There's legal issues with this, blah, blah. blah. And we were like, yo, let's call it Kinja Bang Noodles. Because everybody knows Kinja Bang. We got a song to Kinja Bang. We always say Kinja Bang. And it just makes sense to call this thing Kinja Bang News because it's going to be banging. It was some basic, like, fun shit. And then we put this thing together. And I swear to God, when we tasted it, I expected way worse. (laughs) I I just, I was like, this is my first time trying to make food. I expected to be an Asian influencer in, you know, Southern California trying to do some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kid you not, this shit is bang. It's fucking good.
0: It's You know I'm going to get a box of this shit. It better be fucking good. I'm
1: going to send you a whole box. And I'm going to tell you, David, if it's not good, I want you to roast me on your channel. (laughs) I shit you not, if it's not good. Well, you're kind of lucky.
0: It's very rare that I dislike any type of noodle package, anything.
1: Okay, fine. Who's a harsh critic
0: to you? Are your parents harsh critics? Are, uh, kind, well, the thing about like, I know it's not an instant noodle, but you know, packaged noodle stuff. There's always stuff that's meh. And I want some- you to fucking find me a harsh critic, and I want you to give him my noodles. Well, anybody who is a harsh critic of fucking instant noodles and a fucking dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, these are instant noodles. I just need an actual
1: harsh critic. You are. Okay, you and Tim do fucking food shit all the time.
0: Uh, here we go, let me try this right here.
1: I want you and Tim to try it, and I want you to not be fucking friends with me during that time. <laughs> I'm gonna talk shit about your fucking parents, I'm gonna talk shit about your upbringing, I'm talking shit about how you're fucking <laughs> not you just, a up comic. Just, I'm gonna like be you like, you're a fucking, in this world. I'm like, you're a YouTuber, you're not a up comic, and My then ma- I want you to try our noodles. <laughs>
0: I'm okay with being a YouTuber now. <laughs> Back then I wasn't. I wanna fat shame you. <laughs> point gonna... is
1: i want to give you every reason to dislike it i'm pretty
0: sure it's gonna be good
1: and then i want you to try it because like i shit you not we've gone fucking around the block with this thing and i think are you are
0: you plant-based too
1: no i was i was i went both vegan and vegetarian for portion like of my life vegan was hard as fuck
0: yeah it's very limited yeah uh,
1: for me particularly it was really really difficult because i had to go to china all the time and in China, they you everything. can ask for vegetables and they'll cook it in pork oil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're fucked. You're like, um, the only way that you can get them to understand vegetarian is not for you to tell them that you're vegetarian or vegan. Tell them you're a Buddhist monk. Exactly. Yeah. You have to tell them you're a Buddhist monk. Then they will not put bacon bits on your cabbage. That's fucking crazy, dude. You know exactly what the fuck I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. They, Everything is cooked in even their meat oil. Some type of lard. You have to yeah. tell them you're a vegetarian-style Buddhist monk for them to understand that meat is not the thing you need to put with it.
0: But point is, we went around the block to create this thing. I'm so curious. Just to let you know, uh, I eat some type of packaged noodle at least three times a week. And it's been like that since ever. That's, like,
1: why, that's why it's more important to <laughs> me that you... Fucking moderate your expectations and, <laughs> and hate on this bitch early game. Like that's
0: how often I eat. I it. want
1: you to hate on Kinjabang noodles early game. If
0: you go to a Korean supermarket, I guarantee you I've at least tried at least 80% of the What's your pay.
1: favorite what's your favorite instant noodle?
0: So as of right now, there's a new runner-up. This is Kamja Tang one. This is Korean Kamja Tang. Tang. Yeah, so Kamja Tang is this uh, Korean pork stew, pork rib stew. That's they very made, unique. And that's... They, made a, they made a ramen version of it. It's also this other one. Um it's this um
1: Which by the way, Korean. Soups are my favorite
0: soups in the world. It feeds the soul, the best mm-hmm. in the world. And this other one called uh, this champong uh, ramen, which is like a Chinese Korean influenced dish. It's a spicy noodle soup. They mm-hmm. they made an instant noodle version of it from from Nongshim. Soup, super good. Those are my two top as of right now. Classic ones: Doguri and Shin Ramyun Black are my are my other two favorites. Oh, Shin Ramyun Black. Mm-hmm. And, then you, <laughs> and then you can't beat the classic uh, the Japanese one, the um. Not nishinroa the, uh not Maru-chan. Uh Oh my god, I'm fucking forget. I eat this shit every fucking week. It's because I'm drunk. Not nishinroa the. Uh, I'm hella drunk. Not madouchan. What's the what's the Japanese Japanese one? The one that's in a red and white packet. Red and white Japanese. It's the classic one. It just as chicken.
1: No, Asha beef. is Taiwanese. Therefore, it's not nongshim.
0: Is that samyang? No, not samyang. Samyang's is no. <laughs> whatever.
1: Everybody. I enjoy. Loves, I enjoy samyang. People love
0: samyang. Samyang. If you get shinamyeon black, samyang whatever.
1: There's like, but it's still good. Their noodles are like hella thick. It's uh, anyways.
0: Noguri. If you like thick noodles, get noguri. Noguri is the best okay, one. Noguri is good too. Yeah, and there was a little japaghetti that's thrown in there too. Japaghetti is really good. Which one are you talking about? The just the regular old plain Japanese one. It's it's like Maruchan but it's, it's like
1: it's not Maruchan though but it's the
0: Japanese one yeah
1: I think I feel like I know what you're talking about but it's not I'm that I can I, I feel I, like literally, I can see it but I can't I eat
0: it every week but Indomie Migorang is also one of my top favorites that's like my favorite dry noodle one so if you can compete with the Indomie Migorang
1: okay that's the one that's what I want you to compare it to that's gonna be a hard one good but that's cool. how confident you are that's how confident I am in a product that's going to hit the market that you haven't tried before. That's how confident I am in a new product. How confident I am in a non-established product, it's hard to say. It hasn't hit the market yet. So I don't, I, I don't want to be that guy who sits here eating my words. But, I'm but you know, fucking what? confident in what we made because it's fucking good, man. Well,
0: you know, at the end of the day, when it comes to food... Uh, I think what what most people forget is that you have to really enjoy it first. So if it's a product that you really enjoy, we'll see. Texture, taste, and health.
1: David, if you don't like it, I want you to fucking fat shame me for the rest of my life. But you're not even
0: fat anymore. I'll get fat. I'll get
1: fat eating my noodles for you.
0: I would love for you to be fat. I think you as a fat person would look so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I think you would carry your weight terribly, dude. I think you would look like hot trash. That's like, <laughs> yeah, that's like certain people that look good fat. You would not be one of them, dude. You got such a you got such a minimal forehead space as a fat person. You would look ridiculous. <laughs> My depressed years <laughs> of my fatness. I, I, uh, if I wasn't feeling, if I didn't feel the the negative repercussions of being overweight, I probably still would be fat. But it turns out being healthier makes you feel better. Yeah, I definitely got some interesting conversations from people like DMs of like, you know, like I, you know, there's nothing wrong with being fat. Like, I'm like, "Mm, I guess, but health wise, there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of things wrong with (laughs) being fat. (laughs) Like health wise, if we're just talking about health, yeah, for sure. To be fair, really
1: fat people are pleasing in a different aesthetic way. It's just a matter of health that becomes an issue at that point.
0: Yeah, like I always want to. I
1: enjoy watching fat people do stuff. Is that weird? <laughs> We're gonna stop this podcast. Like, I've been, like eating. I've been drinking too much. We're gonna stop this podcast right here. Subscribe <laughs> to David So Genius Brain Podcast. I'm giving it an outro so I can save and protect myself. I don't give a fuck. Subscribe. David So's a shit. End it right here. Period. Boom.
0: Whole last section. <laughs> What Anthony is trying to say is that him being in the industry, he realized that there's a bias towards people who are, quote unquote, skinnier, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're fucking fit. That's all that he's saying. We're going to end it like that. They can find, you can find Anthony at where on Instagram? (laughs) Where on Instagram can they find you? Just follow at Kendra's.
1: Uh, Or at underscore Anthony Lee underscore Where we say everything that's very politically correct And we never cross the lines or boundaries of anything offensive Because
0: this man is the nicest human being I've ever met in my life I don't fast shame
1: anyone And uh, David is a perfectly healthy fine gentleman that I've...
0: straight call me fat i tell you something you can live a, a day in a fat world you, you can't so
1: fucking have a podcast where you fucking get people drunk and then not expect shit that doesn't make any sense this is like unfair to the
0: enjoy Kenja's bang noodle it's gonna be coming out make sure that you cop that I haven't tasted it yet but because he endorses it I know it's gonna be fucking I'll tell malicious. you
1: right now if he doesn't like it unsubscribe to him
0: <laughs> Why?
1: Why? If, he, if, he, that's, if he
0: doesn't like the noodles
1: unsubscribe to his channel if
0: you guys don't like Kenja's bang noodle fucking unsubscribe to David So Comedy yeah, there All right. but we'll see you all next time follow Kenja's, follow everything else hope you guys enjoy this podcast every sundays and thursdays you guys will see this podcast up i love you very much and i've made love to your mother once at least once before goodbye <laughs>